You're listening to the Maritime Gardening Podcast, episode 23. Hey there, thanks for tuning in to episode 23, which is actually the final episode of our season one. We, we, uh, we may do some other little uh, segments throughout the, the fall and the winter, but um, and before I get too far ahead of myself, hey, Greg. Hello, episode 23, <laughs> a classic number to wrap up a season of. <laughs> Isn't it, though? HBO. <laughs> Showtime showcase they all yeah, do yeah. the same thing. We're just following the we're trends. We're just yeah, we're 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 trying to model <laughs> the trends for sure. So uh Well we planned twenty, I think. We did. We we said we would stop at twenty and Greg just couldn't stop. I couldn't shut up. He just doesn't. You probably noticed that, but yeah. <laughs> um no, it was uh you know, we could we could probably keep going, but we're gonna we're gonna take a little bit of a break and plan out season two. Uh, we're excited about season two. We've, we, the, the feedback that we've gotten through season one has been uh, everything that we had hoped for. And um, it's hard to believe that we are 23 episodes in, isn't it, Greg? Man. I mean, it just it doesn't, doesn't seem like that long ago that we were just talking about this idea. Yeah. And speaking of talking about this idea, um, what we're going to do is just explain where we're coming from and how this podcast came to be and hopefully you'll uh, you enjoyed it and you will uh, enjoy season two and follow us along and um so basically yeah this this podcast was just a result of a conversation a few conversations that greg and i had greg was um i used to have uh, a discussion forum site called maritime gardening which was just that it was designed for online it was an online forum for message gardening board. yeah message board and um it, it went over okay there was a number of members i think we had 500 and something registered members but not a lot of engagement um greg was one of the few engaged members and he um contacted me last winter and near the end of last winter i think it was Greg. yeah in the new year and just was wondering what was going on and and uh, expressed his keen interest in gardening, and so I'll I'll kind of flip it over to you a bit there, Greg, because um, you actually do run a bit of a business in with gardening, right? So not just this podcast. Yeah, well, the, the one had nothing to do with the other, I guess. So I don't know which one to talk about first, but um, I'll talk about the podcast first, I guess. I, I'm an avid gardener, and I, I do run a a business where I build uh, organic gardens for people, uh, vegetable gardens primarily. But um, I just I was running into a source of frustration because uh, certain times of the year, for me, it tends to be uh, March. And around March, I start getting this un- overwhelming itch to start watching gardening content on YouTube, and I want to start reading about gardening. And I'm just getting really excited for the coming year. But I've never found a good resource for gardening in this part of the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, right. This zone, zone five, is colder. Most, you know, I, I, and it might be that there's a critical mass of, of 
gardening content from warmer places because they're just better places to garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like you know, <laughs> in a place that's like, let's say zone eight, there's probably more people gardening because it's you know you probably have more success as a gardener. You're going to think you're better. You, I think right. it's harder to feel like you're good at it here because you have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a narrower assortment of things you can plant, mm-hmm. and you got to be clever on how you do it, or it won't work out well either. Right. Right. Um, so. Uh, yeah, a, a frustration of not finding a place to go and, and connect with other people who are trying to do the same thing under similar conditions. Right, and that's what brought me to to talk to Dave. Yeah, and uh, and then we generally said, well, he he just said, well, I'm kind of doing the podcast thing now. Would you want to do one? <laughs> that's it. That's how I said it too. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's it worked out okay for me because I I have a business where I. Uh, and I just run this during the year. I, I teach part time at uh, at St. Mary's University. I teach like something completely unrelated to gardening. <laughs> I teach like statistics and how to do surveys and research methods and stuff like that. So it's about the driest thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, but and then in the uh, spring and early summer, just because it's my passion, I started this up. A number of uh, last year was my second year of doing it. I just got this idea of having a business where um, I, I build vegetable gardens for people. That I was at one of these farmers markets, and I was just I couldn't get over the price of all the mm-hmm. produce, and none of it looked as good as what I was growing in my own backyard. Uh, at least on that day, <laughs> and that, that year I had an exceptional garden, yeah. just an exceptional garden. So I thought, man, well, some of these people, you know, I'm going to guess they've got land because the stuff is like really expensive <laughs> yeah and uh i wonder how many of them would want to just be able to get this out of their backyard like i do mm-hmm. um so i started up uh, sun and soil custom organic gardens although it's 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 a it's i build permaculture gardens for people but because no one knows what on earth that word means i call right, right. it custom organic gardens. yeah yeah uh, once they hire me i have to explain that look this this is what i'm go shooting for but on the good side it's it's much easier to maintain you know right, right water as much or weed as much and you know it's going to be uh not it's going to be an easier experience than what you what mm-hmm. you think of in your mm-hmm. mind mm-hmm. so the whole point of the business is to raise i mean is to make money but also to raise awareness about permaculture as a just a great way to go about gardening, and uh, uh, this year was 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 much better than the previous year. And uh, excellent. See how next year goes, but you know, doing the podcast was perfect because uh, it you know it allows me to you know all day when I was working on other people's gardens, I'd have all kinds of ideas for episodes. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, because I I talk for a living as a as a professor, uh, <laughs> it just made sense. <laughs> it was you know, yeah. setting the. You know, we, when I initially presented Dave with 20 episodes, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I had it set up just like a syllabus for a course. Yeah, it was kind of overwhelming actually because I, you know, normally I, I've done a few other podcasts un- completely un- unrelated to gardening. I'll back up a notch. My gardening knowledge is almost zero. Um, and I'm learning as I go with what Greg knows. Um, it's not. A super passion of mine. I, I my grandparent, my grandfathers were both avid gardeners, so I do have an interest in the, in that aspect. But anyway, yeah. Usually, when I reach out to somebody to interview for a podcast, there's a bit of a hesitation, uh, even just to have them on one episode. 
um, you know, a little bit nervous to put their money where their mouth is or whatever, mouth where their money is. And um, here's my 20 episodes that I've already yeah. out with. Uh, so that's what Greg did. I, I remember I was sitting down one night and just checked the, or I think it was an email at that time. And he, he sends over this email and I'm like, wow, this is, uh, there's season one. Uh, we went off. We went off the script. We went off a little bit, but not too. Realized that sticking yeah. to something that stiff is kind of boring. And right, uh, right. It was much more fun to, uh, to you know, I'd be out in my garden and I'd just say, "Oh, this is something I've never heard in something I'd never heard people talk about." Or, right. uh, or I just realized that there's a way I do something that I listen to other gardening shows. So it's like they don't talk about this. This is you know, and that's where I try to come in with the episodes. I realize what other people aren't talking about. Right. That's what I want to talk about, right? That's, yeah, that's, for makes sure. It useful to to listeners. For sure, yeah, absolutely. So, so it it has worked out really well, and I didn't know Greg at all before he called me, or we connected by phone back last winter, and we seemed to. Uh, I would I would venture to say just from what some of the listeners have told us, sort of compliment each other in our style that we bring to the show. Um, so I'm basically the technical. Uh, background side of things and Greg's the uh, you know as close to the uh, subject matter expert as we have <laughs> so that's that's I know he, does, he doesn't like being called an expert he, I, so I, dan- I, don't, I don't have a back I don't have a formal background in and you couldn't say I was a horticulturist sir yeah but who or does anything? my uh, my real business um, doing web de- web development and video development I have essentially no credentials other than my experience of what I've done in it. So you're right. kind of, you're, we're similar in the entrepreneur environment that way. Right. Um, but, you know, Greg, you know, it's obvious to anybody who listens that Greg knows what he's doing. He's, he's put in a lot of time and he's reaped the benefits and he's eaten the benefits. And, uh, <laughs> and he's, uh, you know, he, he's, he's, the, he's the man as far as, maritime uh, gardening goes so we'll just kind of touch on what we've done this season uh, as far as you know the reach that we've had Um, it's been kind of interesting to watch because we really haven't done much promotion outside of some free facebook sharing uh, and different facebook groups uh, relying on some of you listeners to share or like things when we put them out and emailing that list that I had originally from the gardening discussion forum site, message board, um, that's it. That's all we have. So, um, but as of today, uh, we're, we're creeping up on 3,100 downloads from the 22 episodes. So not counting the one that you're hearing now. Um, Which will have millions. Yes, just yeah. We're, we we fully expect to crash the server. Everybody wants to know the making of. <laughs> how, Highly awaited. How it's made. Yeah, how it's made. Um, so yeah, the numbers are are good. Uh, we're 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 very pleased. We've had some good user uh, listener interactions, and um, we would encourage you if you are a listener to you know give us feedback when you can and by all means you know if you're able to share when we put out an episode whether it's on facebook or just forwarding an email to somebody uh, or just tell somebody that you know that you think might be into gardening it will help every little bit helps 
And, you know, as season two approaches, we're hoping to perhaps uh, merge with some partners and uh, maybe take this thing to the next level where uh, it can, it can, you know, it can be something that we can spend more time on. So that's exciting. And um, yeah, so and like Greg said, his business side of things, as far as the gardening world goes, is sun and soil, sunandsoil.ca, right, Greg? That's right. Yeah, so yeah. We're, we'll link to that in the show notes of this episode, no question. Uh, we'll probably have a little write-up on it. And um, yeah, what else do we want to touch on here? Oh, the uh, the geographics of the listenership. Yes, right. Um, you can, yeah, I'm just you can amazed run through at that. The, uh, I'm amazed that a third of our listeners are Americans. Mm-hmm. Is that it's, correct? Uh, it, that, that is absolutely correct. I'm going to... 1,020? Yeah, I mean, it's fascinating because, you know, the bulk, the vast majority of our listenership is in Canada, which the vast majority is in Atlantic Canada, which is what we kind of hoped. That stands to reason. Yeah. But we do, in fact, have, uh, like Greg said, about a third of our listenership is from the United States. Uh, We also have a small listenership everywhere from China, the United Kingdom, Norway. What's interesting, too, the American listeners, like I would say, Almost half of them are from California and Florida. Yeah, I'm going to bring that up now. Oh, yeah, look at that. The vast majority are California and Florida. I mean, that is not Zone 5. That ain't Zone 5, man. Right. Um, So maybe a lot of gardeners, a lot of people there that garden? Yeah, or maybe the whole permaculture wood chip gardening thing is, is bigger there. Yeah, oh, that that's entirely possible. That could yeah. be, you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so Interesting. But it is fascinating, you know, when we do the show, we're kind of visualizing maybe a room full of local gardeners, right? Maybe they're all movie stars. That's it. <laughs> well, if they are, they're not sharing our content. So. The Celebrities Podcast. Yes, yes, Celebrity Gardener. Um. So fascinating how that's going. You know, I'm sure it will change as this, the new seasons come. We're, you know, we're just, we're happy to be doing this. Um, you know, it does take a, a significant amount of time and effort planning and all that. But uh, we, we, we feel that it's being well received. If you have anything you want to say at all, um, good or bad, by all means, just go to the website or our Facebook page and shoot us a message. Anything you'd like to see in an yeah, episode? Yeah. On, um, you know, I'm totally. You know, I think that's better. I've had some of the better right. episodes. I think where 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 things listeners were wondering about that. The whole reason I started this was to have a place to go to get information about gardening um, in this kind of you know or, or what I thought was there's a there's a need out there to have a uh, a resource for people gardening in this zone. Yeah. But also, I think there's a need out there to have a resource for people that are rethinking gardening or mm-hmm. want to come at it from a, in, not the conventional way. They're, they're interested in permaculture mm-hmm. or they're just looking for a different take on the whole thing. Yeah. Um, different assumptions. I mean, just the other day I was listening to a gardening show and they were, they were saying how, you know, this, this summer was an exceptionally dry summer. Right. And there was there was drought problems and all that sort of stuff, and they saw raised beds can really help with that. And I was listening, going, "How on earth a raised bed will will not help with that? It only helps because if you have a raised bed, you can install an irrigation system in it. <laughs> right, right. Um, so it only helps in so far as you don't have to dig up the ground to put all the hoses in and hold right. up your house and all that. Right. 
Um, but it, it doesn't. I mean, it's the opposite. I mean, it drains out. Yeah, yeah. My raised beds are, I've got raised beds and I've got level beds. i got all kinds of different things. Mm-hmm. And um, they're the driest. By by a landslide, they're the driest. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe if you made your res, raised bed a hogoculture uh, garden, that would be different. But, right. um, you know, if you if you go to the, 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 the wood chip paths between my raised bed, those are wet. Yeah. And the raised bed will be bone dry. Right. Um, even today, I mean, I was digging some potatoes in a raised bed, and it's rained all day, right? Yeah. And the top two inches was wet, but down where the potatoes were, it was bone dry. Yeah. <laughs> bone dry. You could yeah. have put, you know, you could have put a a book or something there. It would have yeah, kept, yeah. would have been dry. Yeah. <laughs> And and if you're you want to listen to the episode that uh, that we did on raised beds, it's episode nine. So you can just go to maritimegardening.com slash zero nine. Raised beds are they all that or something? Like yeah, that? yeah. Are they all they're cracked up to be? Yes, exactly. And so, I was saying, no, they're not. No, <laughs> no, they're not. And um, but it's interesting because, like you said, you were listening to another show and. You know, different difference of opinions, obviously. And I'm not yeah. sure, I'm not sure what their logic was. They uh, will. They, one of the hosts and the, the guest had just written a book on raised beds. That's the logic, <laughs> right there. So, well, I mean, we, they, they, they can be. I mean, you can get yes. great results in a raised bed. Don't yeah. Get yeah. Um, but um, sure, you know, they do not solve your watering problem. You you have to. They create a watering problem. You have to solve. Yeah. You, <laughs> <laughs> they're great. I mean, if, if you have a, a swamp, yeah. then it's good, you know, you probably need a raised bed to get up out of that. Right, you know? right. Um, and if, and as we said in the episode, nothing wrong with raised beds. Um, just, oh, especially if you need it for your back or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. And, and they are kind of nice to look at and stuff, but uh, as far as sure. organizing. But like Greg said, not the greatest thing, especially during a dry spell. No, unless unless you have a, it's a hogo culture garden. I think that raised bed episode we talked about that. Yeah, I'm gonna look uh, through here. I have to build one of those. Yes, you have that in there in the show notes. Yeah, yeah I have to build one of those because that's yeah. that is a way to because you're basically building your your raised bed on top of a bunch of old rotten wood, hmm. which absorbs water like a sponge and, and uh, even keeps like it the, moist. So today, one of my gardens it looks like a raised bed, but it's. It's a bed that I built on the on the slope of a hill. Mm-hmm. It looks like a raised bed, but it's like I don't know what you would call that—a triangle. <laughs> right. It, it's going up a slope, so yeah. I've got you know I put some logs, three logs high in the front yeah. to make it to make to level it off. But if you go down it, it's dif- different depths. It's varying depths as you get towards the back of the hill, sort of thing. Right. Right. Now, there, there's probably pictures in, it in some of some of the episodes. I've, I've got pictures of that yes. garden there. I yeah. Believe. Yeah. Um, Probably yeah. earlier in the season when right. I had my um, right. potatoes grown there. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, um, the whole the, the front of it is is these big rotten logs that I dragged out of the woods, and when you when you're when you're digging the potatoes, guess where all the potatoes are? They're right up against the rotten logs because mm. they're full of water, yeah. and potatoes have an affinity for water. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. And at the back of the garden, there's rotten logs at the front and rocks at the back. Yeah. All, all the potatoes. I mean, I planted my potato plants in the middle. Yeah. And but all the potatoes I'm finding are either like at the back where the rocks are, or at the front where the logs are. Right. Right. Because they're looking. That's the two places that seem to stay moist. Yeah. Well, underneath the rocks, always wet, right? Yeah. Yeah. For and, sure. Uh, that's where you go to find your worms and salamanders and stuff. Yeah. 
Exactly. Uh, and the logs never seem to dry out because they, they just have such an affinity for water. They absorb it. Yeah. Um, so. Cool. Anyway. Yeah, uh, did you see how he went off on that rant? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what I have to deal with, editing. Oh, yeah. This mm. is probably a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's all good. What's the other thing we were going to talk about? Um, I think I might do some some YouTube videos. I yes. Haven't, I haven't gotten up the nerve to to do it yet, but... No, YouTube doing a video is a lot different than uh, than doing this because you know we can be sitting in here in our pajamas, which we may or may not be. And well, also, uh, just like you know, there's times where I'll be out in my garden and I'll be doing something, and then I'll think I should have filmed that. People, right? Exactly. Some can, people probably would have gotten a kick out of that. Yeah, you can uh, talk about it, but it may have a better effect if somebody can actually see it. Yeah. But yeah. so you got to have that foresight of bringing out the tripod and setting up the camera, and, all that jazz, you know, yeah. Um, and we're having to repeat a whole segment because you did it wrong. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah, and I mean another side of it, why I've been fascinated with this audio podcasting thing. I've been in the video world, basically. My my I've built my business. My bread and butter business is built on video and the success of video, and. Which is why this audio podcasting thing kind of threw me for a loop when I heard about it almost 10 years ago now. Mm. And But it's great because you can be driving somewhere now and just play it through your phone, through your Bluetooth in your vehicle. A lot of people listen to podcasts when they're commuting, when they're working, um, you know, times and situations where p- pulling up a YouTube video is either not a good idea or illegal. Uh, so you know i think that's why it works uh not to mention that you know we don't have to worry about what we look like and you know as long as we are talking we're producing so it's um it's fascinating but we are gonna we're gonna we're gonna dabble in uh doing some video like greg said see what we can do there which may draw you know an added audience that that may otherwise not have heard about us so well and i'm anyone that's but what I'm thinking in my mind is to do some of the things I talked about doing in the fall. Right. Right. So, because a lot of them, it's kind of handy to see someone do it. So, right. a lot of that fall gardening stuff, you know, because I'm such a strong advocate for, you know, being in your garden in the fall, uh, being active in your garden right up until the thing freezes. Um, there's no yeah. reason not. You can get so much done this time of year. Not on days like today. I was out picking potatoes today and I got drenched. Yeah. Um, the garden, it's funny, the soil's dry, but I was wet. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. so yeah, it would be useful to show some of that stuff, some of what I was talking about. Right. Um, right. So, so you can watch for basically, we're going to have a maritime gardening YouTube channel. I believe I already have it set up, but when we do do that, I'll, uh, you know, we'll link to it and we'll let you know, we'll send out emails and we'll, fine, yeah. yeah. And Speaking of emails, be sure if you're not already uh, a subscriber. Um, basically, all we do when we have a new episode that we release, anything of importance, we send it out to the email list. Um, sometimes those emails get caught in spam filters, so if you're not receiving them, let us know. We'll see if there's anything we can do there. Um, eventually, that may change to more of a text message marketing effort down the road i know that's basically the trend now so anyway keep in touch with us you can just click on the connect page 
of MaritimeGardening.com and you can subscribe to our email list. You can send us an email message. You can record us a voice message and, you know, maybe get an idea for an upcoming show next season. Um, let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if there was anything else of any great significance we were going to talk about today or not. Uh, this is kind of an end-of-season wrap-up. Um, you know, like, say, 23 episodes. This is 23 episodes. Uh, so you get 22 episodes of great gardening content that you can go back through, listen to whenever you want, you know, subscribe on iTunes, and they'll automatically download as we release them. So that's yeah. a handy little feature there. Yes, yes. Um, oh, oh, there was a gardening thing I wanted to talk about. Let's do that. Oh, we should talk about some gardening thing. <laughs> um, Probably not a bad idea. Last episode. Yeah. There was an episode where we talked about uh, uh, cold frames. Yeah. And I was talking about, man, is it is it really worth it? Is it worth the time? Is it worth the energy? Okay. Yeah. And today was a good example of, of my argument for why I don't really know if they're worth the time. Mm-hmm. And the perspective I didn't bring up last time, we should talk about something gardening today. So yeah, was, yeah. the yeah. last thing I, I leave people with for the season in terms of gardening is the whole idea of having a cold frame is connected with the notion that we should be eating things in the winter that don't grow in the winter. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so it's part of a bigger point of view that we have here as, as North Americans. I can't speak to Europeans or people from the other uh, parts of the world listening to the show. But the notion that, you know, I want an orange. I'm going to eat an orange whenever I want. Yeah. I, I want strawberries and I want them fresh and I'm going to eat them all year long because I like strawberries. Or you know, I want lettuce. I want lettuce all year. Right. And I see the cold frame is connected to that point of view, whereas it's so so much more efficient and so much easier to just accept that there's things that have seasons. Right. And if you work with the sea, and this is a permaculture sort of thing, if you work, because it's about working with nature and just sort of mm-hmm. dovetailing everything. Right. You know, I love that metaphor of the dovetail because I think in life there's many things that fit so easy, effortlessly. Right. So if you think of your food as seasonal, well, then there's things that are going to be abundant now and there's things that are going to be abundant later. Right. And we're like right now the, the apples are around, mm-hmm. right? My favorite apple, the Cortland apple, it's only good for like two or three weeks and it tastes like rubbish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, yeah. I eat them until, uh, well, until it starts to... I've eaten too many. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they're so good this time of year. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that there's an apple. There's a thing you can only, I mean, that, that's a perfect uh, a metaphor. That's, that's, you can only enjoy it now because you cannot eat. It's not like a Macintosh where they're, they're not bad in, in December. Right. Cortlands are done in December. They're, yeah. No, they've never produced a Cortland that's any good any yeah. other time but, but now. Yeah, yeah. So... You know, why Why work so hard to have a bit of kale in late December? Right. You know, you can just eat your, I mean, today, and the reason I'm thinking of this is today we had a nice meal, Sunday dinner sort of thing, and it was all root vegetables. Mm-hmm. No potatoes and carrots and stuff like that. 
And oh man, it was so good, right? And I've got so many potatoes and so many carrots, and I've got parsnips as well that they're not really ready yet. Mm-hmm. I'm good. <laughs> like, like yeah, yeah. Be feeding us for for months. Yeah. You know? And I mean, for, in, in, in terms of the potatoes, the parsnips, and the carrots, I mean, I pretty much put the stuff in the ground and walked away and let it take care of itself. I didn't do anything. Right. I, you know, the parsnips and carrots, I watered them a bit until they were about two inches high, yeah. and I applied a, a good mulch and uh, didn't do a, a thing. Not a thing. I didn't even weed them. <laughs> you know, a couple little weeds in there that, yeah. you know, because, you know, once they get a certain height, you can't see the weeds. Mm-hmm. Once mm-hmm. they're a foot high or so, you can't see yeah. anything. You don't even know what's in there, right? Right, right. And I was in there once. There was a, a rabbit in there. <laughs> I was in the garden with my daughter, and I, was, I thought it was a toad. Yeah. And I said, oh, look, Brooke, there's a frog. And I put my hand <laughs> in, and this rabbit took off. I almost had a heart attack. She's like, Dad doesn't know the difference between a frog and a rabbit. Oh, it was small. Mm. It was like I'm just kidding. Yeah. size of a guinea pig. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> a little baby rabbit. Scared the life out of me. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of <laughs> ridiculous, and I'm scared of a rabbit. It just I wasn't as I was expecting to jump Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, the point is that it can be so much easier when you're thinking of designing your garden, right? Because remember, mm-hmm. I talk about this time of year, you think about designing next year's garden. Yeah. To bear that in mind, you know, yes, yeah, so there's going to be all these things that I'm going to be eating in the spring, and I'm going to have the spinach, and I'm going to have the, the the squash and the cucumbers and all these sorts of things. But if you hive off a portion of your garden to just produce things that can stay in the ground till late in the fall, mm-hmm. you don't mind frost, and also, those are things that you can you can take up and you can store. And they store really well and effortlessly, right? I mean, you just put them in a cardboard box and eat them when you feel like it. Yeah, yeah. Over the course of three months. Yeah. To me, that's so much more effortless than, I mean, growing a little bit of kale. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you've got a cold frame that's two feet high and you know eight feet wide and let's say three feet from front to back, that's eight kale plants. Eight. And at the height of the summer, that's that's not a bad group of kale plants. Right. But by October, November, <laughs> they're growing at a snail's pace. I mean, yeah. I mean, it takes two good-sized kale plants. You got to take. Uh, normally, what I do with my kale is I'll take one or two leaves off everything. Right. Right. That'll make about one or two. It'll make like one good kale's worth. It has the effect of taking one whole kale plant, mm-hmm. but it doesn't kill a plant. Right. Right. But that's one meal. That's one supper. <laughs> hmm. So if you got eight kale plants, you get eight suppers. No, if you got eight kale plants that aren't growing but aren't dying but aren't really growing at any appreciable rate, right? They're not yeah. doubling, you know, the leaves aren't doubling in size every three days or whatever, which is what they do when it's warm. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to be, you know, if you like to eat kale, you're going to be through it in weeks. Yeah. So what was the point of buying all that glass and buying all that wood and lifting the lid every time you have to water it and, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, whereas you could have just filled it with a root vegetable or a winter squash and just let it go. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, in, in October, you just pick them all and stick them in a box and put them in your garage or something and you yeah. get them whatever you want. Yeah. Um, so that, that to me makes much more sense. And mm-hmm. uh, that sort of perspective is what I, I think this, you know, I could change my mind, but that's the kind of stuff I want to have on this show. It's just going against whatever i don't know why the grain's gone that way right now but it doesn't make any sense to me this stuff would have made no sense to anyone 50 years ago no 
and it's not because I'm old, particularly old-fashioned or anything like that. It's more just a matter of just stepping back from your own your own normal and thinking, are all the things we think are normal right now, does it make sense that they're normal? Or yeah. Have we kind of lost our minds in certain regards? I think we are slowly losing our minds. <laughs> exactly. And I, I could be wrong about all this stuff. I mean, it, it's no. good to have the uh, discussion and yeah. bring it up. Yeah. But I, I mean, I've tried some of the stuff in my my garden, and, and I'm, I'm going to build a system of uh, uh, not cold frames. On. I'm going to build a system of things that are going to look like cold frames, and I'm really building them as little greenhouses that will be dismantled. Or like it, it, it'll it'll function as a greenhouse in. In, in March and April and May and June. Yeah. But as soon as it's hot, the tops are going to come right off of those things and they're just going to be garden beds like anything else. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I don't want to have to water them. Yeah. I want them to be watered by the sky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't want to have to deal with it. Yeah. It seems so much easier for me and I don't want to put the, the... So they're going to be for growing hot things, yeah. heat-loving plants. Uh-huh. So, you know, once it gets cold, those plants are doomed anyway. You can't, yeah, right. you can't grow tomatoes in a cold frame. No. no. I mean, you can extend them a bit, but, you know, yeah. they're, just, they're just not going to, it's not going to work, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I don't know if it's really a, something that makes sense for Zone 5, uh, other than a, like a hobby or a, a curiosity or a fun little thing to try. Yeah, um, but certainly the efforts I've made, it wasn't worth the time I put into it, um, except as a greenhouse to get things like this year my little cold frame greenhouse, blah blah blah, whatever you want to call it. I planted, I straight seeded tomatoes in on April first. Yeah, and they they all grew and you know they, they grew big. So certainly as a greenhouse, it's a great idea to get things started like that. Yeah, for what you get out of that space, a yeah. little bit more kale. Yeah, and kale's the sort of thing. I mean, you can leave your kale in the, in the ground anyway until quite late. Um, frost doesn't really bother and it improves the flavor. So if it's if it's going to be slowing down, the rate of growth is slowing down anyway. Yeah. We'll just just leave it exposed and eat it, and then and do without kale until yeah. uh, you know the next. If you're really dying for kale, you can buy some at the grocery store. But you know, if you were in a subsistence situation, you wouldn't die for lack of kale. No, no. <laughs> Oh my God! We have to we can go in the in the forest and make some pine needle tea or some damn thing to get your scurvy <laughs> under control. <laughs> scurvy. Yeah. Uh, that was so funny. I found uh, back in the woods behind my house. I found uh, Labrador tea growing next to the bog. Oh yeah. You ever had that before? No. It's it's uh, well, it'll prevent the scurvy. It's got vitamin C, but oh, also, yeah. I think if you take enough of it, um, you get. Um, has a narcotic effect or something? Oh, is this like sort of like a, a mushroom type effect? I don't know. And, yeah. and if you take too much of it, I think it can kill you. Oh, so <laughs> I, I about ten seconds ago I was going to say, hey, when I'm over, we should try that, but not <laughs> not so much. Let's binge drink it. Yeah, not so much. Let's have a like a peyote experience, <laughs> vision quest with the Labrador team. <laughs> Visions of passing out in my backyard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hmm, let me think about that. I've had, no, I mean, I make it, I guess I'll put... Labrador I'll put tea. A, I put an amount in my in my uh, pot that's equal to a tea bag of tea. Yeah. And it's got a sort of a lemony-ish smell, and 
mean, I make it if I'm feeling a little under the weather or if I can't sleep because if it has a narcotic effect, that's got to do something. So <laughs> uh, I've had it, you know, I, I was just back there. So I, I cut a few branches off of a couple of the bushes and brought them home. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I had Labrador tea for a number of nights. Yeah, we all know what your real business is now. I'm a Labrador tea dealer. <laughs> and what, why do they call it Labrador tea? Well, I, I'm going to guess that it's yeah. more, 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 more prominent up there, or it's just it's, it's give you a sense of how like like how, what how unique the microclimate mm. is behind my house. Yeah, it's like, really, it's like Labrador. Labrador. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is out there. I will admit, but uh, well, it's a high elevation relative yeah. to the sea, right? Um, but there's still bog here, so yeah. I think that's why it's it's yeah. it's got like because low lying areas in Nova Scotia aren't. Uh, aren't as cold, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, like if you go yeah. in the valley or whatever, but right. I think we're sort of like on the top of a hill, but there's still, yeah. it's still the, the wonderful benefit of being very high up, but it's still a marsh. Yeah, a highland <laughs> marsh. Lots of ideal black fly and mosquito yeah, yeah. territory. Well, I'm looking forward to getting out there uh, sometime before too long and trying your parsnips and, and washing it down with some Labrador tea. Labrador tea, exactly. <laughs> That's right, get your wife to drive you home that way. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Um, cool. All right. Well, th unless we missed something that, that we had discussed covering, um, I think that polishes off what we would officially call season one. Yeah. That does it. That's a wrap, man. Very good. Very good. Again, uh, you know, we thank uh, everybody who's listening. It's um, it's kind of a brave new world here doing the, the podcasting thing, but um, you know, we enjoy it and uh, we, we do it because we hope you enjoy it. And by all means, uh, you know, please spread the word or connect with us best you can. And uh, we look forward to having you tune in to the next episode, whatever, whenever it is and whatever it is. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> to be determined. So, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, stay tuned and uh, we thank you for listening and uh, we'll be in touch. And we're, we'll just kind of leave it that way. But definitely season two is in the works. And uh, we will keep you up to date as things unfold. So thanks, Greg, for uh, an awesome season one. And uh, I look forward to uh, connecting with you again uh, next season. Thanks for listening. It's been a lot of fun. All right. Everybody take care. Bye. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs>